Grit. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time to drop the hammer on the fastest podcast on the planet. I'm your host and former IMCA Modified National Champion, Shane Davis, and I want to welcome, I've got two guests on the show tonight, three-time IMCA Late Model National Champion, and the list just goes on and on, Ray Goss Jr. and his beautiful wife, Julie. How are you two doing tonight? Wow, beautiful. Thanks, Shane. All right. beautiful as her. That's right. (laughs) So we're going to start off first saying we're going to pay the bills here, so we're going to okay. read a quick ad. Uh, thank you for today's sponsor, Dunright TV and Security for supporting the True Grip, Grip podcast. Alongside our dirt racing pay-per-view services that Dunright offers right outside our live studio is the retail store with television, internet, video production, smart home, and security technology in our brick-and-mortar retail store. Stay tuned later on to the show for more on done right in a moment okay we're going to talk about some of the racing action here just very quickly here we'll touch on it thursday night up there at uh, jackson county speedway lucas oil mlra missouri's tony jackson jr came through picked up the win uh three thousand dollars to win our two cars uh jeremiah hurst uh, finished third and fourth place was the uh 59 so uh, a couple of good runs for those cars uh friday night we're at davenport speedway hauling with hoker East Series, Andy Eckridge picked up the 3,000 win show there. Uh, Ryan Doom won the mod show. Ben Champman won the uh, sport mod show. And Tony Von Dreske with the street stock. And uh, Kyle Hawkins with the four-cylinder uh, cars. Uh, so that is kind of what happened over the weekend. We didn't have rain. We had a lot of rainouts last week. But, Ray, let's kind of uh, get into you and Julie's story. Now, we've known each other a lot of years. Let's roll the clock way back. Way back. Way back. You're running flat track. I got down 1972 year racing flat track, but it was back in the 70s, I remember as a kid. Definitely somewhere in the early 70s, because uh, I raced, before I even raced flat track, I went one time and did a motocross okay. over in Davenport. Yeah. And uh, that's what my dad, when, when I did that, I got third overall in the thing, my first race ever. And okay. So my dad comes home from work one night, day. Uh, from IH, he says, uh, "What do you want to do, Ray?" He says, "You want to, you want to race a, a go kart?" Because I had a go kart too then, a racing yeah. kart, but I couldn't get it started. Neither could he, so <laughs> didn't go very fast. But so anyway, I he says, "Or do you want to trade that go kart off for a flat track bike?" Yeah, I was right instantly wanted the flat track bike. I okay. said, "I want to do that." Luckily, he traded that off for a, a little Hodaka one hundred. It was okay. set up for flat track, and then wow, that's how I got started my racing career. And my dad said, finally, after he traded that go kart, well, at least he found out after they got the go kart, they found out there was a hole in the piston. That's why it was <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, hey, Julie, uh, talk about Smitty, your grandfather, and how you and Ray connected. Okay. Uh, you know, through that connection. Um. My grandparents owned Tri-City Motorcycle Sales many years in downtown Rock Island, but actually Ray's grandmother, Dolores, and my grandmother, Pearl, were best of friends growing up. They were they belonged to the motor maids, and they rode across the country in their motorcycles. Oh, my. So yeah. our families knew each other well before we were even born. Oh, boy. All right. If they only knew. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, hey, we move forward a little bit. We get to high school. You and I are in high school in 1975. 75-76, yeah. uh, we got kicked out the first day for doing donuts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I remember that. You know, when it come over the PA, it said, would the following students please report to the office? Yeah. Ray Gus and Shane Davis. I'm like, oh, man, here we go. Yeah, what did we do? Yeah, so we cut some time off our uh, sentence up there at Rocky. We didn't have to go to school for a couple of days. Three days it was. Three days it was. I just remember my dad coming home, and he's like, now, son, don't you get enough of that racing on the weekends? Then you got to go up there and do donuts. But, man, you had a hot Chevelle. Was that like a 68 Chevelle race? Yes, it was. It was a 68. And the engine in it, 355 or what was in that? Yeah, thing? it was a 350. My dad did a little work on it. He, he didn't want to go too far away on it. Get yeah. Too, too uh, hopped up because he knew I'd get in trouble. 
Well, then we know now that it was his fault. Yeah. If he hadn't put that big yeah. motor in there. Well, I remember it snowed that day, and the parking yeah. lot was empty. We weren't hurting nobody. We hey, we're just out there. Fun. We're racers, man. We want to turn some circles some and circles. let it all hang out. That's right. Oh, my God. So, Julie, you were a cheerleader up at Rocky. Yes. You wrestling. were? Wrestling. Yes. Wrestling. I like that. Yeah. And so, boy, the next thing you know, you guys are dating. Now, Ray... The first car I remember you having was the number 17 car. You're right. Now, that was, uh, I think, uh, Mailer Concrete sponsored that. Yes, they did. Did your dad build that from scratch? Or? Oh, this, this was a heck of a story there. My dad was in uh, Champaign, Illinois for a special. Okay. And he won the last chance qualifier to get into the feature. All right. He did. Tri-City Buggy had put up a chassis. Wow. Yeah, for a contingency. So he went down to get it. Well, guess what? Chassis was nothing but a bent roll cage and tubing. Okay. There was nothing welded. So he put it in the attic of his garage. And then okay. after I had raced, I had moved myself up to being a, a, what, there was novice, and then there was junior class and AMA, flat okay. track. Yeah. And junior class, you jumped on 750. All right. So... Just before I was 17, I jumped on a 750, started racing that. Well, my folks didn't like that. That was too much bike. Okay. And they decided, hey, I've got that roll cage laying up in the attic. How about wow. putting you on four wheels? And he did no jig, went and measured a Sanger chassis. Yeah. And did it with a tape measure on the floor of the garage with no... And, and I'll tell you what, the car was pretty good because... He drove it the first year in 78 because Ron Sanders, Poochie, they call yeah, him. Yeah, Poochie Sanders, one. yeah. Yes. When he drove for him, he decided to park the car that year of 78. Okay. So my dad was, he'd come to me and says, oh, I had got hurt at work. My right foot, I was laid up for a while. All right. And so he said, why don't I just drive this for you for this year? Because he was out of a ride. And he says, you can just keep the winnings. Yeah. And help pay for, because I just spent all my life savings to build a race car, you know. <laughs> so okay. he turned around and uh, he was getting top fives in that thing all the time. He won a couple, but yeah. most all top fives. All Good the car. Yeah. yeah. He did it with a tape measure. All right. He was handy. So uh, that car, you know, the next car that I remember was the number 12 car. And it had Mr. Roadster on the side of it. It was a light blue uh, Camaro. Okay, that one there. Was that a different car, Ray? That would have been, yes. That was a Rayburn chassis. Okay. So the 17 car, the first time you drove that, was it on the half mile at Davenport, or where was that at? I believe it, yes. It was on the half mile, I think, the first time I drove it. Okay. But then in 79, when my dad got the ride with us, Ray Neltner, right, 75 in Peoria. Yeah. I went to the 12 then. See, I took the 17 because my dad was still in 12. He said, let's just pick a number close to that, and okay. nobody was running. So I, that's how I came up with 17 yep. at the time. But then I took over the 12 and 79 because Dad went with 75 car. Right, fast car. Yeah, real good My car. My God. Yeah, they was a very good car. Uh, you know, those Neltners, uh, you know, I got to say, out of all the cars you drove, Ray, that white car, it was just iconic with that big, bright orange 75 on it. And I've got likes big bright numbers, yep. and I remember you had uh, back then. I forgot if MRT was making them, but the the big discs were fluorescent orange that you had for mud plugs on the wheel. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a cool car. But hey, I want to get back to the twelve okay. car. So okay. I remember the night over at Davenport, you run on the half mile. Now tell me, was the night you went for a, a ride in the Mister Roadster uh, car? Was that you and Julie's first stock car date? It was her first race, yes, I ever yeah. gone to see me race. She went to a couple motorcycle races in the past, but her, our first one, she had, I think, her mom up there and her grandmother my and my yeah. grandmother, and they were all up there, and uh, that, that was that was a pretty bad wreck. It was a bad wreck. Yeah. Was the deal you're just saying, hey, man, if she'll put up with this, she'll put up with anything. You know? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have that intention. My God, Ray, you know, I replay that in my mind, and I think, uh, you know, I was worried you were hurt because that. Oh, I was knocked yeah. out for, I remember the last thing I do remember the whole thing, still don't remember none of the wreck, yeah. is I woke up in the emergency room and looked around, and I seen a clock said 10 minutes 11. Oh, so God. I was out. For a, a long while. time. 
Yes. All right. So what happened to me? My, I messed up. Now, what happened to that wreck, uh, Ray? What what caused all that? I, you know, I don't know. Like I say, I was in the mid pack towards the back, yeah. and something must have happened to where a, a big pileup started happening right in the middle of the back chute where you're wide open, fastest oh, part, my God. and I just went sailing through the air, and then all I, I don't know, is it did a lot of tumbling. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So that car was junk. That's uh, that about ended my career actually, right? Really? There. It okay. seriously did. So in '81, when I destroyed that car, yeah, I had like I told you, I had all my money that I had in the world was all put into racing. Okay. I had nothing else. Yeah. And I told my dad then, I says, "This is a mess," because it was a Rayburn car. I'd had it a little over a year, and I said. I, I can't afford to put this stuff back together. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm just pretty much wiped out. I'm done. Well, my dad had took that Rayburn chassis and built a jig. Yeah. So he built that winter. He rebuilt my car again. Okay. Eighty one and eighty two to just keep me racing, or otherwise, I was done. I was seriously done. I hadn't won one feature yet in the All three right. years. Yeah. I'd won heat races and stuff, but I'd never okay. won a feature. Right. We know we're all there. We want to win the feature. Yeah. <laughs> so, being that had happened, I I just said I'm done. I haven't won nothing. Yeah. And and I've spent all my money. And he said, Nah, we'll fix it up. I'll get you. I can't believe it, but the, we got married then in '82 in April. Wow. And then the opening weekend of East Moline. Yeah. Come up on Sunday. Yeah. I won my first feature. There you go. <laughs> you know what? It was getting married. Yeah. The good Lord bless you. Yeah. No, you know what, Ray? I watched you in the early days, and I thought, you know, heck, I was still trying to find my way. Right. But, you know, uh, my dad always said to me, you can look at a driver, and, you know, whether they spin out or whatever they do, you can see they don't have that fear, and and they're going to be a good race driver. And so, uh, you know, I felt that way about you. I thought, man, Ray's going to be okay. You just need seat time. Right. And so, right. Uh, man, like you say, 82, you win your first feature. Now, what car are you driving in 82 when you won that race? Actually, the car my dad had built off of that jig. That okay. He jigged the Rayburn car that he completely built once again. Yeah. And I, and I won my first race. I in never did car. it in that Rayburn car, but I did it in that maker that he had built. Okay. And I won my first. Actually, that year we went on, I won 10 races. And the point title at East, at Peoria. Yeah. So your dad was, you know, like an icon. And, I mean, back in those days, he was the man. You know, he Definitely. was one of the top late model drivers that, you know, I ever seen. And uh, uh, at what point did you end up coming over to the Neltner team, Ray? Okay. They, uh, 1983, they wanted to go race uh, a Miller 100 at Macon Speedway. Okay. Okay. Macon, if some people ain't seen it, is a very, very tiny little racetrack. <laughs> and at this time, I had never seen it. It's not even a bull race. No, no, it's you're going to hit people when you run Macon. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, come on. It, and, you know, you see some of them guys, they got the right rear on the wall going down the straightaways because yeah. you're like in a bowl. I mean, it's, you are. it's, it's real, just very crazy. tiny for a race car. Yeah. Is. So you're and, driving the 75 then. They called and wanted my dad to go to this special because okay. it was a weekday. Yeah. So my dad said, no, just call just call Ray and see if he wants to. Okay. So they called me up, and I, I at first I wasn't sure, but I said, all right, I'll go. Well, then my mom and dad took off. He took off work anyway and went with us. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, was that part of the plan or don't, what? No, I don't know what it was. Okay. But that was my first time sitting in their car late Late fall, it was towards fall of 83. Okay. 100 lap special on Little Macon Speedway. Little I Macon, ran, oh yeah, my gosh. I ran fifth pretty much a lot of the race. All right. Next thing you know, I started picking off like Dick Taylor and Roger Long and Bob Pierce was leading. Yeah. I run him down and passed him for the lead with just, I don't know, less than 15 laps to go. My God. Afterwards, he protested, saying he knew I was a lap car is why he let me buy. Oh, my God. <laughs> there you go. I like that one. Yeah, yeah I never heard but, that one. So I won my first race sitting in the seat of that car. Oh, my, my first gosh. race with them. 
and it, never seen making Speedway before. And that's you know one of those. We got a picture there up is. there right there now. Is. See yeah. that? There's the number twelve car, and that you CJ know what, Raber, yeah. That's right. I love that car. It was beautiful, and it looked beautiful there before the wreck. That uh, that was one we were talking about that you dumped down the backstretch. Uh, you know at Davenport. Well, that's when I first got it because that's why it had CJ Rayburn. We got it in eighty. Okay. In the summer of 80, around July or August. Yeah. And then 81 is when I picked up Mr. Roadster as a sponsor. Okay. So that replaced the C.J. Yep. Rayburn. Yep. I remember that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, so you're in the 75 car. Tell me about the Neltners. How would you like driving for them? I mean, it, it, to me, they had a top flight team in that era. Yes. You know, it. And, and you would not believe this guy lived down down in Peoria, down where he he like he had nothing. Yeah, he was down in oh that's there's the wreck right right there. There's a wreck. Now that yes. thing, uh, you know there ain't a straight panel on it, and oh you know it it was horrific seeing it. I I was up in the stands that night, and so you know I seen it from the grandstands, and you're on you know that back stretch at uh, Davenport, and you know all heck just broke loose. Oh I know it was so wow was something else. what a ride. Okay. We got a picture of the 75 in there we'll get to. Okay. All right. All right. So finish your story. You won making Bob Pierce. I mean, you know, Pierce race cars. Bobby Pierce now driving, uh, you know, dad's car. Oh, definitely. And, definitely. Uh, man, he, uh, uh, you know, if you beat Bob Pierce. Oh, let, let's go to that 75 yeah, picture there. 75. Uh, you know, I remember in 1987 we run a uh, IMCA National Mod Show down at Princeton Speedway. And there you are in that 75 car. Ray? Now, you're going to think I'm crazy. I was going to bring them today. We race those little toy cars. So the one that I race in late model is that car. Is it? The 75. And I also have your 58 car, uh, you know, the red one. I've got the the later 58 you drove after that. I, I mean, you know, I just loved all those cars. And then, you know, a lot of great memories. And, Man, look at how slim and trim you were there. I see that. Man. Gosh, we're, darn. We're going to have to get on a treadmill, right? <laughs> you're right. Come on. <laughs> So, hey, tell uh, the race fans out there, some of them probably wonder, the scarf you wore over your face. You know, your dad wore one, you yep. wore one. Why Why do you wear that scarf? Okay, my ass, I even asked my dad that one time. I kind of just did it at first, not even knowing the reason. Sure. All right. <laughs> just dad did it. And you I look thought, cool. You're cool, dad. That's <laughs> cool. You got to wear one. <laughs> so, he said he always wore open-face helmets. See, he didn't run run the full face helmet. He looked like right. the Dale Earnhardt day. See, he did, boy. Okay, so he did that. He said to keep the dust out of his nose and mouth. Okay, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it made sense after, and I thought, well, I've been wearing this all the time for that, huh? That's I didn't good. Know. <laughs> so S and K Chevrolet, they were a big sponsor on the car. Where did all the money come from for the '75 cars? Because I remember your dad driving one of the cars up here, and you know, at some point. You were out traveling, right? And I'd see your dad up at East Moline every Sunday night, which he'd win the feature, and yep. uh, you know he was tearing them up. And then you were out on road racing. We was on the road a lot. Yeah. Yes. So yes, we were. where where did the money come from for that? Dude? You know, they were not rich. Okay. They lived down in the ghetto of Peoria. All right. Actually, we would be out there, and there was one night I still remember this today. One night I was down there helping them on the car. Okay. And here comes some. Some guys down the road, around the alley. They're yeah. in the al- they were in the alley. And I looked. I said, that one guy there looks like Richard Pryor. It was Richard <laughs> no, Pryor. No, it wasn't. Looked, that, that, come was, on, Ray. He walked in the garage. He was from he, Peoria, though, right? Yes, he yeah. was. It was his hometown, and he yeah. from that area. Okay. And he come walking by, and he said, wow, he come up all excited about a race car. He said, can I sit? And I said, you sure can. Get in there. Yeah. Richard Pryor sat in that car. Man, he had that movie Grease Lightning. Yeah. Yeah. Why weren't yeah. you in it, Ray? Come yeah, on. I know. You knew I don't guy. know what the deal was there. This picture I love. Yeah. You know, just, you know, I loved your dad. And I'll tell you one thing about your dad was, you know, when I started out in street stock, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And I'd go by your house and, uh, you know, anything I'd ask your dad, he'd tell me. A lot of the drivers, and, you know, I'm not going to mention names. I don't want somebody, you know, sending me hate emails. Oh, but, that's fine. But, you know, I went up to, uh, you know, a lot of drivers said, hey, you know, I need help with this. And I didn't understand how to balance the car and, you know, things of that nature, what shocks to run and all that, gears. And they wouldn't t- they wouldn't tell you. 
they, I mean, it was there, it was a, you know, a tight kept secret. And when I went up to your dad and talked to him, he's like, oh, okay, try this, try that. And he just, you know, wants to see somebody out there racing in a car. And so as we fast forward, uh, you're driving for the Roberts uh, Motorsports team. Uh, I was just so happy that your dad got up here to uh, to help out with the car. And, and I'm going to say something. It almost looked like you got faster when your dad started tuning the car. Did you? You know, that's what a lot of people said then. Yeah. Uh, that... You know, he'd come up helping on the car, but sure, he still wasn't really our setup man. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's it's my heart. I'm going. To I, know, like, I mean, Ray I was the man. He had to been turning wrenches on was, that thing. He was, and sure. that's, he loved doing that. He loved working on race cars, and he loved coming up here. When I got with with the Roberts team, okay, he just loved coming up here. He he would actually stay longer than they normally would in that summer when when he was up here to do that. This right. is, uh, I think this was the summer that he started getting really bad. The cancer started getting him pretty bad. This is, now you're talking about your dad. Yes, my dad. Okay. Yes. Now, the cancer with Herschel, I remember him driving up at Maquoketa, and you could tell it was wearing on him, but I thought, you know, being around that race car was keeping him alive. Exactly. So, uh, you know, you win the uh, the first national title in 2010, and then 11, I'm promoting up at East Moline Speedway, and I remember... Herschel Roberts coming into my office at the beginning of the season, and he wanted to get pit, you know, pit passes for the entire crew. But, uh, you know, I knew he was sick, and, you know, yes. my heart went out to that guy, and I remember him sitting down in the chair, and he looks at me, and he's like, well, Shane, what can I do to help you out? And and I thought, Herschel here's a man. That, that, that described to me just exactly the way I felt about Herschel all through the years. He was there to help anybody he could, and even in his – Time when you know his health was failing, failing yep. he still wanted to know, Hey, how can I help? And you know, That's he kind of flabbergasted me. And I'm usually not at a loss for words, but I just kind of sat back in the chair and I thought, Man, Herschel, just uh, you know, thanks, we're doing okay. Oh, but he was just great. a great guy. That's, I know, I know he was. I, I couldn't believe my dad said the same thing about him. He said, After he come up and we started working with the car, he said. Man, I've known Herschel all these years and raced with him, but I didn't know him as a person like that. He said, I wished I would have got to know him a lot sooner. All right. Well, hey, mm -hmm. we got to pay the bills. Let's sure. uh, talk about Dunright TV again. Thank you once again to Dunright TV and Security for sponsoring this episode. And thank you to the Dunright family once again for supporting the show from the roots as our show is growing. In uh, Suit is expanding as well uh, and with a short and decisive sponsor slot. Throughout the production of the show, the Dunright family has a wide variety of products and services that they offer from the production backbone that is powering our show to smart home and vehicles and the ever-expansive list of products that are, uh, are but not limited to televisions, internet, security cameras, and other security equipment OTA. And it is faster and more reliable than ever. Call today at 563 355-7490 or visit Dunright Family right here at our studios. We're at right now at 1414 West Locust Street, Davenport, Iowa. There we go. We paid the bills. So, Ray, uh, the 75 car, We, how many years did you drive that ride? Well, on and off. Uh, at first, uh, it's 84, uh, 85, 86. In uh, 87, I went somewhere else. Okay. Went back to them in 88. Is that when you went to Cummer Shores or yeah. what? Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. for Richie Cummer. I remember year, that. Yeah. 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 Uh, Shores, uh, it was Richie Cummer, right, and, and Bill Shores. Okay. Yeah. Bill Shores, the one come asked me if I'd come drive for him. Okay. And I said, well, I'm, you know, I was kind of comfortable with 75, but... Uh, Thought well, I'll try something different. And we went and tried that, and I didn't even last the whole year. I was back in the '75 before that oh, year was good. over. Well, you know what? Uh, <laughs> well, Bill Shores quit right before the season started. Oh my! So we only had Richie Cummer owning the whole thing, right? And sometimes him and I didn't see eye to eye, but you know, that's part of being a driver. Yeah. I think you know when you look at uh, racing partnerships, man, if you can make it. Five years. I mean, you've really, 
you've really done something because so yeah. many partnerships, you know, you go two, three years and then, it's you know, the wheels come off and that's that. Yeah. So at what point did you start driving the yellow 50? Uh, he called me, believe it or not, in 88, he called me to drive. Uh, actually, it was late or I would say late for starting the season, 88. Okay. And I, uh, I told him, I'm sorry, but 75, I already promised I'd yeah. Pick with them in 88, so he recalled me after 88 season between 88 and 89 and asked me again. There we go. Yeah. Right there. That's Peoria. So I went. I went. Uh, they we brought I, Evan home from the hospital. Ray went to, I went to Oxford to yeah. talk to Penny and Larry Eckridge yeah. in Precision Performance about the ride. And so we got together and 89 what a great decision. Oh, wow. Wonderful people. I mean, aren't they the best? Yes. You know, and what, that number 50 car was iconic. And, you know, Roger Dolan drove the car. Yes. Uh, you know, he had a lot of success in that car. And when you climbed in that yellow 50, Ray, you, uh, you know, there's drivers out there that are cowboys. Man, they got the hammer locked to the floor, and they're going to, you know, beat and bang off anybody, uh, you know, that they can to get to the front. The one thing I always liked about you is, you know, you'd unload the car, and when you got ready to load it up at the end of the night, it looked the same. It wasn't all beat to heck. You just, nice. you just, well, you know. But uh, most nights, you were just always smooth as glass. You always amazed me how how smooth you were out on a racetrack. And that 50 car was the same way. Oh, they, they had an unreal, I mean, they had an asphalt car that he turned in and put on dirt. A how, how do you do that? Yeah, a how car. A how car, I know. I mean, and that's what always made me wonder. Wow, how is this thing gonna go? But I got with him in '89, and we went three years in a row winning the Central Region Championship in NASCAR. I mean, how do you do that? Yeah, I mean that's amazing. Now the trailing arms on those how cars were they like truck arms or what they have? Underneath? He had different ones. They just usually had the two arm suspension, right? And he did finally get a truck arm one. It wasn't quite as good that truck arm one. All right, but when we went back to the to the two bar setup. We went. It went a lot better, yeah. but uh, he had some great motors in that car. He used to go buy Winston Cup U stuff, okay, and then build his own motors. Yeah, but man, did they run! I know in '89 and '90, them first two years with him, he raced all the time. Ninety some nights was nothing in the yeah. summer, and we'd win. We won forty-eight, and then won forty-seven another year. Come on. <laughs> I mean, how do you do that? You say yeah. that. Uh, you know, I think back, you know, I tell people, you know, best year I ever had was 87. I won 36 features. And yes. to me, that was like, and, you know, when you think about it, Ray, people go their entire career and maybe they don't even win a feature. You're right. And so you, you're really blessed to, you know, crank off those kind of feature wins. I mean, oh, it was just amazing. Blessed, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yes. uh, I want to talk, uh, before we forget about it, a couple of people our classmate, Chicky Cole, that used to help you down the pits. Yep. I just want to bring up his name because he was a good friend and a great guy. And Oh, big time. That's uh, one thing that I I miss a lot. Uh, uh, we see his, his brother, Billy, Billy yeah. the younger Billy. He's, 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 a, he's a wild one. But, he uh, is, boy. We have a good time with him when he's around. Uh, we, anyway, he, I, I said uh, before Chicky passed, I had three guys that helped me out. Yeah. When I first started, Mike McGrew. I remember Mike. Yep. He's gone. Gary Carmichael. And he's gone. And Chicky Cole. And Chicky Cole. And I've he's lost gone. all three of them now. And, and yeah. that was really my first three, three crew serious guys, huh? help. Yes. Ah. You know, you think about it, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, life is a gift. Every day is a mm -hmm. gift when you Definitely. wake up and you're breathing. And, you know, your health is your wealth. And so... Uh, you and I are still pretty lucky to still be out there. I still say to people, you know, I'm 62 years old, and there's a lot of young announcers out there, and they're coming out, and they got new ideas, and they're flashy. And, you know, I just thank God every day that I'm able to still jump behind a mic. Best job in the world, get to watch you guys race. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you were in the vintage car, and you went out there at Liberty, and, well, wherever you went, you won. Uh, to me, when I went out, I wanted to get in that picture. I thought, you know what? <laughs> you know, Ray and I, we go back, you know, right. the kids. And so uh, I want to have a picture of that, and, you know, you never know when the good Lord's going to call you home. So I thought yeah. it, it meant a lot to me. It meant, and so I want you to talk, too, about your sister, Debbie. Oh, 
uh-huh. uh, your kids, your mom. I mean, I remember those days as your dad's days were winding down. Your mom's right there too, you know, having a can of beer and always, oh, definitely. yeah, always, always having a can of beer. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's part of racing. She uh, she kind of took him south though, and they went to Georgia. Uh, and and, and the whole story there was a case company shut down their transmission plant down on yes. Mill Street in Rock Island. Yes, and we had a lot of great racers and a lot of money that had to go south. Right. Mm-hmm. So, tell me, Ray, now that your dad's gone. Your mom just basically built a life down there, and sh- her plans are to stay down in Georgia now? Definitely. She uh, actually is in the same house they were living in. Okay. Bought it when they moved down there, so yeah. they've been in the same house for, what, 30 years now or something. Okay. And uh, that my sister, Debbie, you mentioned her. She moved down there. Okay. Doing real good down there. They have a camper in Alabama, but have a house over there in Calhoun. Wow. And then, Julie, what about the kids? Oh, our boys are doing great. Um, they're, two of them are here in town. One lives in Bettendorf and right. one in Moline. Our youngest is in St. Louis. They're all doing well, but never was interested in racing. I was yeah. lucky that I was able to stay home with them when they were young. Yeah. And um, I always asked them if they wanted to go, but they really didn't have ever the desire to go you know i had a son uh, i've got a son joey and a daughter brianna and they're just never into racing and my wife said well hey how do you feel about that mm-hmm. and i said well uh saved you money you know it's okay yeah it really <laughs> did save us a lot of money ran a lot of work we would have had to go through what our dads went through exactly but uh my son he he was kind of a soft-hearted guy and he always took you know if there was a bird out in the alley with a broken wing he'd pick it up and you know want to fix the wing and make it fly again and he just always had, uh, you know, very compassionate heart. So uh, he had a good paying job, and he and his wife, they ended up going to work for uh, the ARC over in uh, Rock Island, mm-hmm. you know, the Associated for Retarded Citizens. They uh-huh. both run group homes, and they take care of low-performing adults. And it didn't pay what his job paid, the good-paying job, but to him it was all about feeling good about helping people and uh and that meant a lot to him. So I, I just said, hey, that's the path they took. And, you know, you and I yeah. took different paths, but mm-hmm. that was okay. Right. Yeah. No, that, that, do what you got to do. I yeah. didn't ever want to force anybody into something they didn't yeah. want to do. There you go, right? The only way our oldest boy one time was excited about going to the races <laughs> is because Julie told him that we're going to go to Bluegrass, Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> he was so excited until he got there and said, Grass ain't blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, so, yeah. hey, we roll into the years with Herschel Roberts. I mean, Herschel, uh, you know, we'd heard he was sick. Yes. And he was, at one point, I look at him and I said, man, that's the healthiest-looking sick guy I know. He didn't look sick. His doctor no, said the same thing. Uh, yeah, you know, couldn't it, believe it. So how did you get involved with that family and ultimately – because I remember, what year was it you were going to retire the first time, Ray? Was that like probably oh nine? Yeah, that's 09. what I would have guessed. 09. And that's when he had been asking me since like two thousand eight. He, he kept asking me, "Would you run some dairy shows?" And I wasn't running all of them because at that time the only thing I was doing was running that Avenue rental car. Okay, that they had. The yeah, 12. I remember they that. Put, okay, they put twelve on it. My number. And uh, Herschel had two cars. At that no, time, no, he still nope. had the one. Just had the one. Okay. Just had the one. All right. Yes, and uh, but he flat told me that, being his health was a little bit getting worse, that he's hard handling fifty laps. Okay, that's why he wanted to run the weekly shows because he could run the twenty-five laps and still yeah. be okay. But the fifty really wore on him because even twenty-five was tough. But he. He asked me, and I kept saying, "Well, Herschel uh, Avenue Randall's going to go. We're going to Tom Voss." We're going to go run the car at that race. I'm sorry. I says, if there's some races come up that we're not going to run, I'll let you know. Okay. And uh, so when I told Tom Voss that, he decided we're going to run the whole season, which he never did that. Okay. So we had a we had a falling out middle of that summer in 09. Voss and the Avenue rental car. Yes. Okay. And me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had a falling out and uh, – 
So I, I put my helmet bag leaving East Moline right on Herschel's trailer. He looked at me and he says, you ready to run some dairy shows? I said, yeah, here we go. Let's go. <laughs> we took off and June, June was the first race I drove a dairy race for him. Yeah. We went to uh, up in Southern Iowa somewhere. And it was Husky actually Independence. I mean, not Independence, but Southern uh, Iowa. Not no, up in Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa. Okay, yeah. well, go ahead. Uh, Marshalltown. No, I'm trying to think of, but you. No, we can keep guessing, but yeah, right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too many tracks. Yeah, uh, you know, if you'd only run one track, this would have been a lot easier. Yeah. A lot easier, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, right. But anyway, we went to this. We went to this track and it got rained out and I was in the Avenue rental car at that okay. time. We was there the first time and I got wrecked in the heat race. All right. And when we went back, I was with Herschel then. Okay. So I was going to finish that race, but all they were going to run was a semi features and a feature. Oh boy. They was got running. No, the heat races were completed. Wow. They said I could not run the 58 car. Okay. So what do you mean? I said, what if I go buy it? I don't care if you buy it or what you do. You're not racing that car, IMCA told me. Oh, jeez. I says, uh, Herschel at his garage. I says, Herschel, there's only one way they can stop us. I says, uh, we got to put 12 on it. <laughs> okay. Because I was there in 12 and the rain out. Yeah. He went and made the 12 up and pop riveted over 58. <laughs> and we unloaded out of uh, Camer's semi. Okay. Camera wanted to go up there and race too, because we was going from there to a, to another track the next night. Okay. Camera was going to run the second night, but Herschel was going to run fifty eight on that car, using his motor. Right. Camera didn't have a motor. Okay. So Herschel put his spare motor in it, and we went up there. And IMCA, as soon as they seen that, we already knew some people were over <laughs> before we even got to the track, complaining to the officials. Yeah. They come over and said, uh, they was going to tell me that I ain't going to race that car until it came out of that enclosed trailer okay. and it had 12 on it. They told the, they told them people around there that we can't do nothing about it. That's that's his number. Yeah. So anyway, I got to race that car that night. and uh, Did you get in the show? Here's what they told me to do. I was up there in points, too. They sure. said, you're not going to take a provisional. You got to race your way in. I had to start the back of one of the B mains. Oh, man. So I won the B main. Okay. <laughs> you raced your way in. Started 13th because the top 12 was qualified out of them heats. Okay. And uh, went on and won the feature. Oh, my God. That's a story. <laughs> oh, you know, there's people just stomping their feet and screaming and pulling their hair out. Yeah. Now, Ray, if you had run in the back all the time, they wouldn't have cared if no. you came up in a different car or any of that. Well, if I'd done that, then I wouldn't have got nobody boo for me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, so we're talking about now, are we in 2009 or 10? 2009, we go on, and uh, we win five dairy shows that year. My God. And broke the motor in two of them leading. Oh, so geez. we should have won seven and the championship. I would have won the championship if it wasn't okay. for them two DNFs. But... Uh, we went, so in 09, Herschel brought me over to his house. Him and Kenny set me down in Herschel's kitchen table okay. and talked about 2010. All right. He said, we want to go for the championship. All right. We want you to drive full time. I said, the only thing I can tell you right now, Herschel, is if you want to go after championship, we're going to have to step up your program on the maintenance. Okay. Can't go out having DNFs like we did last year and then a couple features. If you yeah. want to win a championship, you got to be there and finish. Now, were you talking about did they have to upgrade their motor program too? They didn't have to do that. They just, the maintenance itself, we needed to go through things better. Sure. So, I, I mean, I started helping them out by doing the valve train in the motor uh, after races and okay. and going through their transmission and all right. And then he had uh, he had his brothers helping him. Herschel did. That. Yep. And they were doing a lot of maintenance on him. Because uh, I still worked a job, but them guys was there during the day. Sure. 
So usually when I got done with work and go over, some of them were going home because they'd been there all day. Yeah. But, but I'd come over and help. And Herschel even admitted to me, says, you know, I hired you to drive, but you ain't got to be here doing this. I said, Herschel, I enjoy doing it with you. I just want us to go good. The only other advice I gave him then was if you want to travel up and down the road, do Deary series, you should put new trailer tires on. Because there's too many times we blow tires out going to a race, oh and then you're gosh. late trying to kind of get over the side of the interstate and yeah. change tires. Sure enough, he took it, had four new tires put on that trailer before Man. we went racing that year. That's great. So ten was a great year for you guys. Oh, big time! I mean, you guys were winning everything. How many features did you win in 2010, Ray? I'd have to ask Kenny that. Yeah, I, Kenny, Kenny, know. Kenny he would, would know. He would know. <laughs> He's have it. I tell you the truth, I don't. I don't remember. I know in the because we won the national title and and the Deary. I think we won like five or six more Deary shows that year, and then twenty some features, right around twenty maybe somewhere in there in in the IMCA regular sure. season national point thing yeah. but uh so i mean it wasn't big numbers it was but I, it was still good numbers sure mm -hmm. sure so uh i, I want to ask you how did you like boone speedway when you ran up there you guys would run there monday of the super nationals they moved that around then it was on friday but yeah you know initially it was monday how did you like that track up there at boone you know it's 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 kind of you don't know what you're going to get because they farm it so much every 10 races exactly yeah. so usually before our race it somewhere got farmed early so the track was usually pretty fast to start but okay. sometimes it'd blow off and get slowed up a lot more towards the end of the 50 lapper yeah. but all in all it's a great racetrack and yeah. i kind of like the fact that they did probably farm it yeah. sometimes We'd get out and it'd be really greasy, I really sloppy yet. So you just didn't know what she's going to get for a racetrack. Yeah, and the thing that was kind of tough is, uh, you know, a 50-lap race, you might have to run 10, 15 laps to get it packed in before you could even, you know, right. get rolling. Mm -hmm. You're right. And so you're sitting there thinking, okay, now we're down to 35, and I ain't winning anywhere yet. <laughs> yep, so right. it, it made a big difference. But, I mean, all in all, it's a great racetrack. Sure, it, it, it is. I love is. it up there. It, yes, yeah. it is I, a great racetrack. But I, my first two years going there, because I'd never, ever had run yeah. that race, and the first two years with Herschel was 2010 and 11. Sure. And we went and won it them back-to-back -back years. My God. And you know what? The good Lord was on your side that year. I remember one race. You know, I wasn't there, but Kenny was telling me you guys had the tire go flat when you were sitting in Victory Lane. That would have been Knoxville, Iowa. Knoxville, Iowa. Knoxville, <laughs> Iowa. That Julie, was, that you did was race. Oh, yes. yeah. yeah. My dad was even there that race. See, yeah. the first time we ever went there for a dairy, uh, we blew the engine okay. in a heat race. All right. So Herschel was so upset. So I was so glad we got a chance to go back there because we we were fast that night. Okay. And after I got the checkered, uh, I moved up the track because I thought, all right, I'm just going to go up here and try it. I yeah. about knocked the fence down after the checkered. Because <laughs> I the checkered. Yeah, it yeah. wouldn't turn. Right. So I went across the scales in the infield and then pulled to victory lane. Okay. By the time I was there, the right front was on the rim. Oh, my God. That's why just after I got the checkered, I went in turn one and was going to try the high side, and yep. it wouldn't turn. Wouldn't turn. I was just that close to not finishing that race. Yeah. So now that Knoxville, Iowa, that was a different track. Oh, definitely. Man, when I ran up there, that thing had a lot of bite in that racetrack. Yep. You could always you know, do a little searching around. You could find it. But what did you like, Ray? Uh, all the years you raced, quarter mile, three-eighths, half mile, what was your favorite? I didn't have on size-wise, I have a favorite, but one that I dominated for two years was uh, getting with Eckridge and going to West Liberty. I mean, that track is so... We, we never lost one feature race except for ones we broke. I won every feature for two years. With you know him. how depressing that was for yeah. everybody else? <laughs> I'm like, well, race here, so I guess it, tonight's another it second. Was, it was amazing that, yeah. I mean, he was even able to pull that off, but then the nights that we break, yeah, we, we were sitting in the infield, but that didn't happen uh, often with 50. He, he, he was good, on it. He was on it, too, yeah. yes. Yeah, so uh, West Liberty up there, I go up there now, and, you know, it's such a beautiful facility, and the fairgrounds are beautiful. 
And Mark Kalupa, one of the guys that's on the fair board, uh, you know, I talked to him and said, My, Mark, you guys have got to figure out a way to get the wall painted, paint the building, and just, it doesn't need anything but just spruced up a little bit. Yeah. And he said, yeah, he said, you know, we got to get that done. But, you know, along comes COVID, and their oh, main yeah. source of revenue is the fair. And all of a sudden, you got no revenue. So uh, I love that track, and I wish they'd just get it uh Spruce it up a little bit. That is yeah. my favorite track, too. I really Always like going been. up there, yeah. How many tracks have oak trees in the pit area? I mean, come on, Julie. <laughs> and that's why when you look at a picture, they don't, you know, pick out whoever you want that's racing. You go, there's an oak tree. That is West Liberty. <laughs> so yeah. that was uh, something else. And then uh, uh, any other favorite tracks you had? Oh, I'll tell you, back in the day, it, it I'd love to Davenport's quarter mile. It, yeah. Back in the day, I think what's happening nowadays, it started turning me off a little bit on some of this, is that racetracks, I don't know if what's happening to them, they just don't seem to be what they were yeah. 20 years ago. Here's what I'd say, Ray. Like, uh, you know, when COVID hit, we couldn't have anybody in the grandstands over there at Davenport. Oh, I, I know. We had, I watched you on TV. Yeah. <laughs> over there. So I'm over there. You know, I'm, not, I'm on the grandstands. we got the camera crew and the sound crew. Yeah. But it was the eeriest thing I ever seen because, you know, I'm used to, you know, when I started out going to the races, you know, you had the Gus fans and you had the Whedon fans. And they were all in their blue double O outfits. And you had the yeah. Mel Morris fans. And, I mean, you know how it was. You were there. Right. And all of a sudden, we got nobody up here, and I thought, how are we going to make money? Well, Kelly at Dunright said, you know what? I'm going to invest some money and buy some cameras and all that. And we ended up buying enough equipment for one uh, film crew, and by the end of the season, we had enough equipment for four film crews. Okay. And so uh, when I started looking at people across America watching those races, I mean, I think promoters at one point were scared that uh, hey, if we get a camera crew in here, people will sit at home and they watch it and they won't mm -hmm. come to the racetrack. Right. Well, I think just the opposite happened. You know, you get people like, uh, you know, grandma may not be healthy and right. she can watch it on TV and watch her grandson race. So we had people from Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, Missouri, Minnesota, Canada, Mexico. I talked to the guy, uh, you know, we had a little chat room we could talk in while I'm announcing. And I said, well, Mexico, how'd you feel, you know, how'd you find out about this race in mm -hmm. Iowa? And he said, uh, I used to work up there. He worked at uh, one of the robotic welder factories, and a company in Mexico hired him to run their factory. Okay. And he said, I don't get to come home much, but he said, man, every time I see Davenport Speedway on TV, I'm home. Mm -hmm. So he pays the money. I'll be wow. done. That's great. And so since COVID, you know, all of a sudden we could have, you know, a few people in the uh, pit area. I think they allowed 10 per car. And I thought, man, I don't remember a pit crew that you're a car that's got 10 people in the pits. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. now all of a sudden there's our car count was uh, 165 opening night. Oh, my God. And night number two, we had 184 cars. And, and I thought, my God, uh, this is just amazing. Mm -hmm. So what I've seen, and not at all tracks, but what I've seen is kind of a resurgence. We've seen an upward trend now on, uh, you know, dirt track racing, the attendance, the people that are watching on TV, I think podcasts like this help. Mm -hmm. uh, the TV uh, broadcasting helps. And Friday night over at Davenport, we had uh, 36 sport mods, uh, 25 mods. Uh, we had 28 late models. I mean, the numbers that I've seen in the last two years, there's been an upward trend to them at all the tracks that I've worked at, which we need that. Yes. Yes, uh, yes we do. Because when you and I were young, Ray, you know, we built our race cars, and you built the parts. You built your own upper control arms. Right. You didn't run down to a buggy or, you know, dealer X and buy them. You built all that stuff. Exactly. And I think that's one of the things we've lost now is it's too easy for people with, uh, you know, a fat wallet to run out. and Just buy whatever they got to have. Buy whatever they need. And what I like about the TV part now that you're seeing more of it is sponsors. Yeah. Sponsors now can have their name seen, and that's what it's all about. Sure. Paying the bills. Sponsors. All right. That's and done right for. means we got to pay the bills, too. Here we go. Good segue, Ray. All right. Once again, thank you to Dunright TV and Security for the amazing support for your television, Internet, and video production, smart life, and security specialist needs. Call the people who are going to get the job done right. Again, their number is 563-355-7490. 
And the Dunright store location is right here at 1414 West Locust Street in Davenport, Iowa. So that's it. That's it for the ads for tonight. Uh, let's see. Where were we at, Ray? We were talking about broadcasting on TV yeah, and what that's done exactly. for. So, it, you know, it helps out the sponsors, and it gives you guys so much more exposure uh, now that you're on yeah. TV. I mean, it's great. Exactly. And I'll tell you from an announcer standpoint, I used to always be quiet when they were coming down the front stretch because, you know, you're not going to talk over 800 horsepower motor. (laughs) But uh, when you're announcing on TV, you're live all the time. Mm -hmm. So you got to fill all the gaps. You got to fill the gaps. And you just you keep you just keep on rolling. And it just kind of it's kind of enjoyable. I get a lot of texts and emails from race fans from all around. Just saying they really enjoy watching the race at Davenport. And they've moved to this state or that state. And, uh, you know, my whole life, my favorite track is Davenport Speedway. I mean, my God, I grew up there as a kid, you know, and I remember sitting in the stands when the Hemi, uh, Jim Gerbers of the world were out there and all the old guys. And those cars just had a different sound to them. But you knew every late model running out there. I mean, I remember your dad had probably a 70 Nova and he got the, the body for it out at old Lakeside Auto out there in Andalusia Road. Drug it back and build a race car. But, you know, you build all your own stuff. And, you know, when you're on racetrack and you beat somebody, hey, that was my engine that beat him, my car that I built and all that stuff. So uh, uh, one of the things that I think we got to work on is trying to figure out how can we lower the cost of racing. Oh, big time. So now, uh, you know, I know the engine shops don't like crate motors. But I know Jeff Morris, uh, when I was talking to him, the last year he ran open motors, and he, you know, it's an open wheel car. He spent 34000 on engines. And, you know, the guy owns his own business, so he's okay with that. But it's still thirty four grand. Yeah, that's a lot. So he orders a crate motor, 7500 and then had to go out and buy the crate carb, crate headers, you know, crate fan, crate distributor. Right. But he said that, that I didn't include in the cost. It was just a conversion cost. But he put that motor in, and they ran the end of the season and, and through most of the next season. And he said, all of a sudden, my engine cost goes from 34000 to 7500 That helps. Because mm-hmm. that 34000 didn't include that carburetor and that headers. Yeah. It didn't include. You still had to go buy it. You still got to go too. buy it. Yeah, yeah. That was extra. So what I hope today, you know, when, when you and I were kids and we're sitting up in the grandstands over there at Davenport, we could say, hey, I like that. It looks fun. Let's build a race car. And, you know, I went out and bought an old clunky Dodge pickup truck, an old clunky trailer, mm-hmm. and built a street stock car. And I wasn't making no money. And I went out there and went racing. So uh, I know we're not going to return to those days, but I want to see a day where I know you're not people love racing. You no, know, they can still exactly. jump in a car and go. Because my yeah. dad said that when he started racing, 150 bucks after he blew a motor up, he'd go get at a junkyard and mm-hmm. go racing the next night. Yeah, that's right. Put a cam in it and let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So, yeah, those days are long gone. Long so gone. in the uh, in the days as you moved into your final championship, you know, 10, 11, 12, that was the first time that had been done in IMCA, in the history of IMCA. Somebody went in three in a row. Now, Justin Kai, the flying farmer, come back, and he's done that three in a row since then. But you were the first one to do it, Ray. So did you stay with the same motor program throughout the Herschel Roberts years, or did you? No, we had, we had uh, the Gustaf engines in it when I got in it, first got in it. And they ran good. They ran A lot really of horsepower, yeah. yeah. They, they ran really good. Uh, but then we started having them problems where we broke a couple in that, and Herschel wanted to change. Okay. I had run a modified for somebody before that had a Mullins motor in it. Oh, boy. And I said, I don't know this Mullin very well. I haven't really met him, but I says, I'll get I'll get a, a meeting with him if you'd like to talk. Because I said, that's somebody that's doing spec motors for, or not really, not what crate right. motors, but he's doing spec motors for modifieds. Yeah. Let's talk to him because nobody up here had one. I said, and I felt good. I felt the motor run very well in that modified. So I says, let's let's give it a shot. And he said, yeah. So we we all three of us, Kenny and and uh, Herschel and I, we drove down to Mullen's shop and talked to him and stuff. And he wanted us to bring one of the motors. And good thing we didn't go race that one again because he was going to dyno it before he tore it down. Okay. Uh, it had valve train broke in it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 
So, and you know, what's frustrating is, you know, there were nights early on with Herschel that, you know, you'd have, uh, you know, engine failure. And you're like, man, we could have won that thing if that engine wouldn't let go. So, you know, at some point, you got to bite the bullet and buy something that's got some reliability to it. Yeah, and those Mullins motors, you know, when you look at motors, uh, no matter what brand they are, you know, you kind of say, okay, I've been watching this, and I see a lot of them blow up, so I don't want to buy that one. If you got to spend a little more to get a Mullins, that was a good investment at that time. Actually, what Herschel told me, though, what he was paying, at, he didn't end up paying no more to go to Mullins. Okay. So people thought we had more money in our motors. No, yeah. he didn't have more money in them. Okay. No, price-wise, he paid him the same. And we ended up with some pretty reliable years out of his stuff. All right. So do you have any other hobbies besides racing? I know your dad had that hot rod. That Do you own that now, Ray? That yes. red car? Yes. My, okay. uh, my dad, when he pay, he always told me that when he went, that I was going to inherit his, 40, that's his pride, that 48 Plymouth. He put a lot of years of work into that thing. Oh, my God, that's a beautiful car. And he's rebuilt it even one time after doing the original. Okay. And he's completely tore it apart and did it again, and then the second time put a Hemi in it. Yeah. Took the Chevy motor out of it. But I still have that at home in the garage, and we'll get it out once in a while on a nice Sunday or something when yeah. I got time. But kind of took up camping, I guess. Yeah. It's kind, of, kind of boring. All right. You know what, though? <laughs> There's something, you know, my wife said to me over the weekend, we have a permanent campsite out at uh, New Windsor out Do there, you? Shady okay. Lakes. Okay, I didn't know how to come out and see Oh, it. man, I'm telling you what, Ray, they got three lakes out there. They've got yeah. uh, Pee Wee Golf. they got a drive-in movie theater for the little kids. They'll play, like, cars on the weekend and all that stuff for the kids. Yeah. A couple of nice playgrounds, a general store, and all kinds of stuff. So... Uh, uh, it's uh, really an enjoyable time out there. And yes. I get out there, you know, you're around the racetrack, and I never wore earplugs, so my ears are shot. Well, I did. So. Okay, you're a lucky guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, one of the idiots. I just said, ah, I want to hear the motor. <laughs> and, uh, you know, now I can't hear nothing. Yeah. So uh, we get out there to the campground, though, and all of a sudden we're sitting on our deck. We're right off the lake, and, uh, you know, you see Mother Nature out there doing their thing, and I always think, man, you go for these two extremes. You got this, you know, this – high horsepower racing and you know you're full throttle and you know it's like your hair's on fire and you're going crazy and then you're sitting there at the tranquility of a lake yeah. watching the ducks fly in and i'm okay with that yeah you know at this stage of my life i'm mm -hmm. okay with it so uh to wrap this thing up keith simmons you drove that 38 car for a couple of years uh are you planning on driving that vintage car yet uh this year uh yes uh right now he has still re been rebuilding it and okay. he's going to uh, see his truck got wrecked Messed up too, his hauler. Yeah. In that big storm they had at uh, in Cedar Rapids. Right. The tree come down on his garage and got the cap. So they've been working on it too to get it rebuilt back up. Yeah. And uh, she told me they posted on Facebook <laughs> that evidently July 11th. Okay. At East Moline, they're planning yeah. on, uh, might be their first race out. Okay. You know, those vintage guys don't like you, Ray, some of them, Ray. They don't. You start dead last every night and well, you win the feature. I, I must rub on them too hard. <laughs> Something like that. No, that car is beautiful. And You know, I look at you guys, and you're sitting down in Victory Lane, I think, man, look at the history we got here with Ray and with Keith Simmons Keith and Simmons, on down the line. Yes. I just think, my God, these, you know, they've done it all. And now they're just, you know, out there having fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, right. it's a lot of fun. That's when I first jumped in that car. He asked me to. Sure. And I got in it, and it's back in the old leaf spring cars yeah. back in the day. Back in the day, no big block. Big block. He, uh, supposedly this winter, though, one of his things was is he built a small block. So people oh was complaining that that big block was. She got hot. Them. Yeah, it got hot a few times. Man, I was when we were up there at Liberty one one night, and I came over to lean on the fender, and she was spitting out a little steam. And I thought, oh, boy, better watch that. And old Keith come out and. I say, hey, this thing's getting a little hot. And he says, yeah, them big blocks always did run hot. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was kind of funny. So, hey, we got to wrap this thing okay. up. We've been chatting for an hour. Yeah, yeah. In closing, is there anything you want to say, Ray, Julie? Uh, you know, it's been a good life. You've had a lot of fun. Hopefully there's another 30 years. And yes. Um, just to thank all the fans and yeah. family that followed Definitely. him and supported him. The 38 years he raced. and 38. Wow. 38 years, yeah. yes. 
And how many years you been married, Julie? Uh, we we just celebrated 39. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. 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 Ain't it? She uh, stayed with me that long. Well, hey, you know what? That is true. <laughs> when you've been racing that long, yes. any woman who puts racing, up with that. You're right. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you had uh, your mom was one of a kind, and Julie's one of a kind. Yeah. Stick with you through thick and thin, the wins, the losses, all that that's stuff. Right. And you know, it's kind of special. How about you, Ray? You got anything you want to say in closing? Well, like, that's the same thing I wanted to say is thank all the fans all the years and the close family that we've had that supported me and uh, all, all the friends. It's just been a, it's been a good ride. Good. It's been a good ride. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hey, that'll about wrap it up for the show this week. Thanks for coming on, Ray. Thanks for coming on, Julie. And uh, make sure and share this with your friends. Uh, out there listening to the podcast right now. Share it on all your favorite uh, pages and let them hear about all the good times with uh, Ray Guest Jr. and Julie. So this is your announcer, Shane Davis, saying God bless all of you out there, and we'll be seeing you around the track.